This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Assalamu alaikum and welcome. My name is Noor and this is This Muslim Girls Podcast. This podcast was created as an outlet for myself to carry dialogues of open communication between different Muslim women about different topics, but it also serves as a resource for women to have a platform to share their narratives of their experiences with struggle and success. I think more now than ever, Muslim women are being underrepresented and misrepresented, not only in our communities, but in the media. And I believe it is time that we create a space where we can hold the microphone and be able to truly and genuinely speak our truths. Thank you for listening in, and I hope you enjoy the following episode. Hi guys, assalamu alaikum, this is Noor, and welcome to this Muslim Girls podcast. Uh, before I int- briefly introduce uh, my guest today, I just wanted to say and wish everyone a Ramadan Mubarak, happy and blessed uh, Ramadan, inshallah. Uh, you are advantageous in this month and you reap all the benefits. Um, currently, I am sitting with Hena, who is a 19-year-old uh, junior in college. She's an English and sociology major, and she is my sister. And I've actually invited her to sit down and speak with me before but uh we've tried recording once and it just wasn't maybe the right time henna has been one of those people that i've utilized since the beginning of wanting to start this uh platform uh, as far as like sharing my thoughts and ideas with her and she's been very helpful i very much value um her opinion although i know 90 percent of the time when we talk i am right (laughs) just kidding 90 percent of the time you are talking (laughs) that's true i i I talk a lot more than her um so just a little background like henna and i there's a seven year difference um we like have this weird strange similarities i think that for the most part keep us interested in each other i mean aside from the fact that we live with each other and have to deal with each other uh we're we're all each other got but we've made it work but for for we are very different as well i'm a lot more extroverted like she says i i speak 90 percent of the time she is more of an introvert um but i think that one of the things i i value a lot and why i wanted to bring her on here is we have some really interesting conversations or at least i find interesting i think henna has a really um great perspective on things she challenges me even with you know the age difference i I'm always looking forward to having someone who, one, has different ideas than me, but, um, you know, is comfortable enough to to speak on them and just allow uh, an opportunity to engage in conversation, which I think is good. And, yeah, so thank you, Hannah. You're welcome. That was a little delayed. So, <laughs> anyways, we'll get started. We start with talking a little bit about your choice to cut out meat you cut out meat a long time ago, but then now also just completely cutting out all type of animal products um, as far as from, like, your diet. Uh, how old were you when you went vegetarian? So it was five years ago, and I was 14. You were 14. So that's 
that's really young and I didn't understand why you did it how you did it um I loved meat and it's funny because then I ended up turning vegan cold turkey cold turkey a year and a half ago how like what goes through your mind as a 14 year old who want to say I'm gonna give up hot dogs burgers pizza well not pizza but you know what I mean like to give up meat for me I mean I feel like a lot of what you just like you and like my parents and like everyone in my family kind of dismissed it as or not dismissed it but you know you guys were sort of just like oh she's just very sensitive about the animals Mm -hmm. and that that's true honestly that's probably it i you are a sensitive um i am a very sensitive person Mm -hmm. and i remember one of my friends she was like oh yeah i'm going um i think she said pescatarian and i was like okay cool and then that's when i kind of started thinking about it um and you know especially when you're young like you kind of do piggyback off of your other friends yeah Mm -hmm. so I was like that sounds so cool and then I just remember like watching a bunch of like PETA videos and I was like some of those are the worst yeah I know I'm so surprised I watched them but I did and I would like cry and then I was like okay that's it no more and did you do a cold turkey too though like was it overnight vegetarian yeah being vegetarian yeah so I didn't um I didn't eat any meat um, I would still have, like, dairy and eggs and stuff like that, but I wouldn't have any meat. You know, my parents, being immigrants from Yemen and not very understanding of this concept, I mean, I don't think many Arab parents or really parents in general would understand, uh, even here with the, like, standard American diet, the idea of giving up meat, let alone all animal products. And so I think my parents, you've had some funny instances with them. Definitely, Especially yeah. my mom, who who will try to, um, you know, both of us now, uh, like, sneak us meat as if, like, it's it's a contraband or something. Like, she'll, I'm not going to tell anyone that you're eating it. It's like, no, mom, it doesn't work that <laughs> way. For me, actually, I feel like, uh, from my experience, my dad does that more. I remember once when, I, it was when I was vegetarian, we were, I think, like, traveling somewhere, and we stopped, like, at some restaurant, and he ordered steak, like, usual. And he was, like, you know, cutting, cutting a he piece. He wanted you to try it? Yeah, and he was, like, he was just, he, like, winked at me, and he's, like, it's okay. And I was, it's like, like <laughs> what does that mean? Yeah, I'm, like. <laughs> oh, my God, yeah. No, my mom, I think, is, is the worst. No. no, my mom is, I think, the worst because, well, my dad, I, I, I think even till today, and it's been years for you and a year and a half for me, I still think my parents um, think it's a phase. And, you know, well, whatever, maybe it is. I don't know. Like, I know for you it's not, but I'm saying, like, go ahead. Well, I I was going to say, even if it is, if, even if they do think it is a phase, I still feel like they handle it way better than other oh, parents no. I, I They've never given us shit yeah. about for it or anything, but I'm saying that they still will ask us to eat things. Like, it's not a matter of, like, okay, we get it. You don't eat meat. You don't eat animal products. I won't, you know, offer you something. Well, I guess they're Arab parents, too. They offer you everything. But, like, just today during iftar, my mom's sitting there telling me to eat malukhiya, which is, like, this this green soupy soup. Yeah. <laughs> and it has chicken in it. And she just thinks, no, 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 it's fine. Like, you, it's good for you. It's healthy. Yeah. Like, eat it. And it's like, no, mother, I haven't had chicken in a really, really long time. So... Um, but also, I think my mom is someone who's tempted to sneak uh, at least, like, dairy or something. or Butter. Like, butter. Salmon. Yes, yeah, salmon and things, and then try to tell us it's not, which is funny because I feel like salmon has such a distinct... Salmon is like a yi. Is that how you say yi? It's a... It's a butter, isn't it? It's a butter, but you, you like, 
burn it. You don't burn it. Oh. You boil it. Well, anyways, it's... you bring it up to a boil and it kind of browns basically, and um, but it has a very very strong smell. So yeah. anytime you put it in anything, you can smell it. I you know, know one of the things that I think is important if you're gonna switch your your diet from like the standard diet to a plant-based diet is there has to be so much knowledge beforehand and I was researching veganism for a year before I decided to switch because I wanted a year I I was researching it for a year wow you you didn't know this you were like in the closet then because I didn't know (laughs) is that what it's called the vegan closet no because for me I you know I've been like anemic and I didn't want to I didn't want to switch something, not that my diet was amazing before, but I was someone that I felt like always struggled with wanting to eat healthy, wanting to look, you know, fit or, um, you know, like try to lose weight. And so I tried so many things. You remember what I've tried, like low carb and paleo and this and that. And just nothing ever seemed right for me, even though I think every time I started a diet, I would like tell you like, oh my God, no, look, it makes sense. And here's this and here's yeah, this. Yeah, that was the most honestly annoying Well, anyway, I was, that was my experimentation stage. And alhamdulillah, I mean, I'm, I think I'm settled now, but um, you have to know um, a lot of stuff about nutrition. And I, I'm mm-hmm. none of, we're both obviously not nutritionists, but there was a lot of research that went into, um, what you basically have to compensate for when you are on a plant-based diet because a lot of the plant-based foods aren't as calorie dense and so and then you need all the right types of um, vitamins and minerals uh, that you sometimes are found in animal products I guess you could say easily but it's just a matter of being aware of where to find like your omega-3s and where to find your protein and I mean that's always the question right where do you get your protein which I think is the stupidest question because there's high protein plant-based uh you know food i think i was so stubborn to the point where even like halal meat i just after a point i was like i don't even like the taste of meat anymore like it just grossed me out yeah because that's a question you probably get like why not eat halal yeah and i was just like you know what i just and i i'm also the type where it's like i feel like what i do cut things out like automatically so what would you say are is the influence for being a vegan a vegetarian or whatever it is like um is it ethical? Is it environmental? Is it health reasons? What's so when I went vegetarian is purely like animal for like the just like I didn't want to deal with like animal cruelty, cruelty. exactly. Um, but then when I when I went vegan, it was after doing some research. It was also about animal cruelty because it was just how their lives were um, in the dairy farms and things like that. But it was also for environmental reasons. Um, I, I like to say that I'm more, I guess you can say, or I, I try to be conscious of, you know, our carbon footprint or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, I just try to be more green. I know that I'm not perfect. Um, I definitely do a lot of things that I think aren't necessarily Honestly, helping. for your age, you're, I think, pretty commendable as far as what you've given up. Um, considering that animal agriculture is, like, the leading cause of carbon emission, like, us here and we are such a big agricultural community and we have the worst air quality like how sad is it to not see the beautiful mountains around us because of all the smog let's talk a little bit about um your college experience right now you're a double major english and sociology um why english and sociology for english that's what i started off with that's what i came into college with Um, I chose that because I was really interested in literature and storytelling 
and I liked picking it apart and analyzing it um, and sort of reconstructing the story in a sense with your own interpretation. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's what I really loved about English. And for sociology, I added it after actually taking a psychology course. Mm -hmm. So I took um, social psych. There's like a section on that. And I was super fascinated. Um, Even though psychology personally never appealed to me, sociology did. So I added that as my minor. For me, I'm like, there's so many other interesting courses. There's sociology of religion, secularity, immigration, civil rights movement. Like, there's a bunch. So it's kind of like you just have to prioritize and see which ones you want. Yeah. What about in English? Do you find that there's not a lot of representation in literature for... Uh, let's say Muslim women authors or even just Muslim uh, female characters in any type of books. I'm not much of a reader and you know that, but I feel like I I don't think there's a lot of um, a lot of characters or a lot of authors out there that are, I guess you could say that we can identify with. Yeah, so for that, I've noticed I haven't necessarily watched or read any material. And I'm also saying watched because I'm just, I'm talking about it more in an entertainment aspect. Mm -hmm. But I've noticed more and more, I guess with Islam just being more out there in the media, people are bringing it out there more. But they're generally side characters and usually they're doing like... Is it stereotypical? Yeah, very stereotypical or they're doing something very different. And, And again, it's like you know, the oppressed girl, and she breaks free, and, you know what I mean, like, on, what is it, like, Degrassi or something, and then there's just, like, I don't even, I don't watch that show. (laughs) I haven't watched it either, but I just see a hijabi, and I've read articles, and then it's, like, yeah, there's always that type of narrative, I think, um, in any type of show, for the most part, that I've seen, in regards to that, that's very, I think, similar within most fields. I know for myself, when I was an art student I always felt like anytime I did see like a a female Muslim artist or even a Middle Eastern artist she usually fell into that category and I'm speaking of ones that were um, notable and ones that like either we um, studied or that I've heard about they produced a lot of art that reflected a lot of um, like how we dress and some of the barriers that we face and you know had like Arabic calligraphy and it was very Middle Eastern it was very focused on the woman as being, you know, oppressed. And although I know that all of this, all these narratives exist, I just felt like for me, there was so much more. Like a lot of my art sometimes didn't even relate to, you know, me being a Muslim woman. My senior thesis project was about like my eyes and my vision. And, you know, I've had really horrible vision since I was young. And the whole project was based off of like my contact lenses which are like basically became my synthetic eyes Mm -hmm. and um yeah like anyone that would have seen you know my art piece probably wouldn't have assumed that it was me if you were in that room and so people are probably looking for the type of art that they thought that I would produce and I just you know it's something that I used to think like oh is this something that people would want to recognize me for is this something that people or like galleries would be interested in you know showing my work because I'm not going to sit there and always want to talk about the hijab or always want to talk about, you know, the the Muslim narrative. This podcast is sponsored by Talkspace. May is Mental Health Awareness Month and Talkspace, the leading virtual therapy provider, is encouraging people to talk it out in therapy. By talking or texting with a supportive licensed therapist at Talkspace, 
you'll gain insights, discover truths, and experience breakthroughs that will improve how you live and how you feel. With Talkspace, just answer a few questions online, and you'll be matched with a therapist. And because you'll meet your therapist online, you don't have to take time off work or arrange childcare. You'll meet on your schedule, whenever you feel most at ease. Plus, Talkspace works with most major insurers, and most insured members only pay a $25 copay or less. No insurance? No problem. If you want to make progress toward a mentally healthier place, Talkspace is here for you. Now get $80 off your first month with promo code SPACE80 when you go to Talkspace.com. Match with a licensed therapist today at Talkspace.com. Save $80 with code SPACE80 at Talkspace.com. It's great, but as an artist and one of the benefits, I think, or like the very therapeutic thing is like you get to express yourself at that time. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure it's the same thing in writing. You might write things in which it does reflect, you know, your upbringing and and the culture and and the good and the bad, but sometimes it's just about you being you, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, I think I definitely agree, and I do definitely think that it's unfortunate, but I also feel like at the same time, realistically, we're in this place and time where, you know, Muslims are being marginalized so and that includes also Arabs to an extent I mean depending um but you know so I feel like right now we're living in a society where that's what people want yeah and I feel like it's gonna take a while where that's all that's gonna kind of I guess you can say come in or that's what's all that's gonna be popular and it's just gonna take a while and then eventually we're gonna have to overcome that and kind of I don't know, I guess you can say a turn. Because I feel like that's how it is with all marginalized communities. At first, you just, that's all that you get. I mean, okay, I, I guess it depends. One, who's producing the work. So if it's the people that um, that come from that society that are producing the work, then that's one thing because, okay, you can, you know, you produce what you want to produce about your own community. Um, but in shows or, like, like, let's say in media or entertainment, when people are, um, writing, you know, stories or roles for for these type of characters, and then they're not really understanding, uh, not understanding really what those characters can be composed of, other than just based off of the fact that they're Muslim. Then that yeah me. yeah. So that I actually do agree with what I meant more so was like, you know, I guess you can say like a market where it's like all of these artists or whatever are like yeah. competing. Then there are some, you know, I mean, all of them are Muslim or whatever. There are some who are expressing the Muslim narrative and they're kind of going a little bit off of the stereotype because they know that that, you know, yeah. And also there is a bit of truth to stereotypes, whether we like it or not. Not always, obviously, and most of the time not. Yeah. But there is a little bit of truth, so they take what is But also, I feel like that hinders, though, creativity because, okay, how many different Muslim women or Muslim men are going to sit there and try to creatively try to come up with different ways to express their narrative. Maybe sometimes it's not about that narrative and sometimes it's about something else, but people aren't going to be interested because it's not catchy. It's not, you know, um, maybe scandalous enough to sit there and, like, get people to come and show up because, oh, I'm not going to be talking about this, that, or the other that they want to hear. But, no, I want to talk about my vision or I want to talk about, like, something else. Well, I think that's where I feel like um, skill comes in. Because whether it's writing or art, you know what I mean? With art, maybe the, the style of the way that the medium or whatever, mm-hmm. the way that you do it. With writing, maybe the way that you actually write the words, whatever, you know, if it's prose or poetry, how you write it, if it goes in a very unique way, that is also what sometimes sells. I mean, the narrative is important too, but the actual storyline is important too. 
But that's harder to but. sometimes sell or sometimes to get recognized. Oh, yeah. I'm not saying this is easy. Because sometimes what's easier, like, I remember um, when I was in undergrad, there was a visiting artist, and I remember he told uh, my friend Anissa uh, how lucky she is because she could make, like, like mediocre art that but reflected about her and her Middle Eastern uh, roots and just, you know, whatever, that, that same narrative that we're talking about. And he's like, you'll get recognized for it because that's something that's like, you know, it's it's fresh, it's new, it's what people want to see. Um, and also it's not that readily available. Like there's not too many Muslim females, uh, females artists producing. And for him being a white guy who was, I think, like a sketch artist, I'm not sure what he was, but he's like, he kind of gets lost in the crowd. So even if he had the technique, it's harder for him to get recognized for it because in, at the end they're probably going to want to, re- you know, recognize or... Oh, yeah, no, I mean, I definitely think it's definitely going to be difficult, but, like, you know, the, I feel like with how it's, how it is, I guess you can say, with all aspects of entertainment or art, um, you know, there, there are going to be those people who, like how you said, they just take, you know what I mean, whatever can sell from their, that's part of their identity, mm-hmm. and they'll just take it because that's what people want, and they'll, yeah, they'll make bank. But then there are other people where I feel like people kind of have a little bit of both, where, you know, maybe you're not expressing the typical, or not, I guess you can say the stereotypical um, Muslim narrative, but because you are Muslim, that in itself is already, you know what I mean? Or because you are from a marginalized community, that already is. Because, I mean, I'm looking into, like, certain places of, like, submission of just, like, a lot of things, and sometimes they're like, we want marginalized communities. That's what they ask for, you know what I mean? And even maybe if you don't necessarily talk about that, they're still like, we want marginalized And, and that's a good thing because there should be more platforms to, um, like, feature these ty- different types of writing mm-hmm. and different types of styles. But I feel like don't overly focus on the sensational sensationalization of it in the sense of, oh, you know, like, this is what's um, trending in the media right now or whatever it is. I mean, I'm not going to mind if, like, some Muslim Arab artist portrays like the exotic features but for me personally I don't like the I guess you can say exotic name you know I mean it literally means foreign Mm -hmm. so for me as a Muslim American you know us being stigmatized right now being seen as foreign isn't really anything that we Mm -hmm. want so for me just in general like with the whole idea of exotic yeah it's like but you're a very weird person yeah i'm not but i mean people say it as a compliment like oh you're so exotic you know what i mean or or whatever but it could also just mean like unique yeah but i mean if you really think about it and people say that do they ever say you're so exotic to like oh like a white girl like I mean, yeah, I, if she just, had exotic looks, if she but looks yeah, foreign. If, she, if she looks foreign, yeah, if yeah. she looked like she was from you know some Russia or something, yeah, yeah. So, um, kind of moving on to the next topic that I wanted to talk to you a little bit about is um, about like social media, and I feel like you obviously grew up. I mean, I remember maybe what was it like high school, the the whole like MySpace phase, which I don't even think did you ever go through. Or I remember there was a point where I kind of wanted to get on MySpace. Were I was you like, like in 10th? eighth, yeah. But then you were like, no, you just put your foot down, and you were like, nope. And I remember because I was, it was me, you, and I think one of your friends, and she was like, oh, why don't you have a MySpace? And you were just like, no. <laughs> yeah. You were you were so offended. It's funny because now you're like the anti-social media for someone your your age or I'm you, not you were. Anti. No, you were anti. But I mean, okay, so for. For a lot of people, or a lot of, let's say, girls your age, 
um, social media is kind of a really interactive, fun way, whatever. Um, but you, interestingly enough, and you are, I guess, an interesting person, decided to like not have social you didn't have social media for the longest time no instagram no snapchat no facebook no nothing and you know now you have like you know a facebook which i think you utilize more so for school and like msa stuff correct yeah um work in family and stuff like that but uh it's so interesting because you you rarely find people that are like kind of that were off social media but what was your reasoning behind that like why didn't you how did you not fall into the craze of like being so interconnected with the world yeah so I'm actually really glad that I didn't get into social media at a much younger age especially something like Facebook because I feel like I would have added so many people that I was you know quote-unquote friends with when I was younger like in high school and stuff that I just know that I'd no longer connect with Mm -hmm. or you know I was just friends with for the sake of you know, right place, right time, or whatever, you know what I mean? I guess now that I'm older, I mean, I'm, there is definitely, there is definitely, like, that, you know, temptation, you know, I see everyone always on social media, I see everyone saying, oh, you know, if you only had this, you know, you would, um, we can tag you in this, or whatever, um, and I have given in to some, so, like, I have a Facebook, I have, um, a few, but I'm not as, involved Mm -hmm. and I noticed that I'm the type where it's like whenever I do get into social media there's a point where I get really exhausted from it Mm -hmm. and it's not even necessarily like I don't know what it is but like I'll just notice like I'm constantly like scrolling through something or I'll like um just like look at something or like watch people's you know you lose time yeah and it's not even losing time or anything like that it's just there's just like this uncomfortable feeling that Mm -hmm. I get and I'm just like okay like I'm and you have the self-control to disconnect when you want to. Yeah, but then I also kind of don't sometimes. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You get hooked back in. So I, I really didn't like that. So usually, like, I'll go through phases where I'm just like, okay, nope, none at all. Um, And then there are some that I refuse to get because I know that it would just be so much harder. I feel mm-hmm. like some social medias are more... Addicting? Yeah, or more... um, I don't know, they just relate to you more. So I feel like for someone like my age... um. Instagram is like the first one then it's like maybe Twitter or Snapchat and then it's Facebook I feel like Facebook is kind of the least one um, which is something that I recently got and I mainly got it for kind of like business purposes or not necessarily business but it's very um I don't know it's kind of just very like simple but um yeah I do feel like some social medias are more popular for my age than others Mm -hmm. so again like instagram first um. well that's how they're kind of curated right is to really not only through like pop culture but it's just like instant access to everything someone your age would be interested in right even if you are a little bit eclectic or a little bit you know of a deviant type of person where your your interests are different you'll still find that on social media and social media is tailored to uh or it tailors itself to whatever you know you like and whatever uh you look up and even like your google searches next thing you know your advertisements are of your google searches so um i can see how all of that really can be a lot on on uh you know especially someone kind of growing up figuring themselves out that's just a lot of information to absorb a lot of things to look at and consider like do i like this am i obsessed with this or to become obsessed with 
it's it's one thing to be obsessed with trends, but like also being obsessed with people, I think, is very unhealthy. Yeah, and I feel like with social media, because you see, you know, people's highlight reels, sometimes I feel like you kind of lose your judgment. Where it's like, you know, I'll I'll hear about things where it's like certain social media stars will, you know, do something wrong or problematic, but then no one really will talk about it because they're so popular and they'll kind of just ignore it. And I mean, don't get me wrong, we shouldn't, like, burn them to the stake. Mm. But it's kind of like, there's just, I feel like... Burn them at the stake. Burn them at the stake. You don't burn to the stake and you're a vegan, you do not burn steaks. I'm also an English major, I should know this. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know, I guess with, yeah, like, we lose our sense of judgment where it's like we, in a sense, like, we look at people and we're just like, wow, like, it it might not even be I want to be like them, but we're just like... This is, like, we, I guess you can say we look at people and we're like, this is who I am, this is what I identify with, I identify with this group or whatever, that we can't really get that sense of individuality. I know Mm -hmm. this is really weird because I think a lot of people... No, this is interesting. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like a lot of people assume that um, social media, it's like everyone's kind of like their own person, but I feel like in reality a lot of us are kind of flowing together where it's like we are so clustered together that we it can't is. look at the trends yeah and and we can't you know distinguish ourselves to look at you know get an unbiased opinion of whatever is going on mm-hmm. you know what I mean and I feel like yeah we see their highlight reel and we're like that's what I want that's what I aim to be or that's who I am you know depending on where you are where you are at in your life so it's like do you think it's like a false sense of inspiration because you're kind of being inspired by something that's more of a facade or not maybe realistic and these social media influencers that use their platform to then kind of highlight the opposite of what everyone else is doing so it's like the really unpopular thing so it's um talking about things that maybe make people uncomfortable or like you know real things talking about uh, mental health issues um body issues um social anxiety like just all these other insecurities like things that people aren't you know where one person is promoting how great they look another person is saying i might look great but i starved myself or um you know i have anxiety or i'm addicted you know addictions whatever it is yeah so actually i just recently watched a video and i thought that was so interesting where this girl she she does like a lot of videos on like social issues and stuff like that and she talked about how um like fandoms where it's like whether it's like a tv show or whatever can be you know that fan base can be problematic because sometimes they just like dismiss certain issues yeah so i mean i i've watched videos where people are basically saying the exact opposite of what other people are saying i've had people where they're kind of in the middle and they I guess sometimes being in the middle is even more controversial mm-hmm. than being, you know, so, you know, right or left. Um, and I'm not just ho- just talking political. I'm talking about anything. So, like, for example. Do you think so? You think a middle is sometimes worse than being polarized? Is it because you're wishy-washy or? I don't think being a middle person is worse. Like, I, me personally, I don't think if you're in the middle that's, like, worse. But I think people on either side think for I think that they, they just assume. think they're indecisive or something. They're just like, you know, you don't have, you don't stand for something if you're in the middle because they're such advocates for their beliefs on such an extreme side of the spectrum that people in the middle, I guess, they don't make sense to them. 
Yeah, like I feel like when you're, for example, if you're completely on one side, you see the person on the other complete opposite side as like, maybe not the enemy, but you're like, this person is so ignorant and is so, you Mm -hmm. know, whatever. Like, they are just wrong. The whole whole idea of uh, any type of social or political discourse on that spectrum, uh, well, one, I think it's getting worse because I think people or society, at least here, is becoming a lot more polarized and it's becoming such a an issue for for us as a community because it nothing is getting done um and then just whatever is perpetuating kind of that separation between the two whether it's the media or social media or the the way that we receive our information um you know and we're not interacting with locals anymore like I feel like interacting with local people is such an important thing because your neighbor and the people you live around are the ones who actually influence you are more likely to influence you yeah local affairs are more likely to influence you and yet we spend more time on social media talking and reading and looking and um uh putting ourselves in these conversations that only reflect our own ideas which I don't think is a healthy thing and we're kind of um turning a blind eye to anything that doesn't you know reflect our own views or anything that challenges our views and you know before it's like you know you walk down the street you're you're gonna interact with your neighbor the people around you and they're they're, you're gonna be forced to talk to someone who has a different view than you but now it's so easy to silence people there's a mute button on a mute button on twitter a mute button on facebook a mute button on most social medias where if someone or some post or some outlet you don't like you literally can mute them as to where you do not see their feed and granted that's probably a good thing in some cases but it can also be i mean i feel like social media that's where i feel like it can get toxic is because you're getting so much and it gets overwhelming and i know for me that's how it is where it's like it does it doesn't even necessarily have to be like things that i disagree with that i follow or like i happen to follow it's just sometimes just it's so overwhelming Mm -hmm. and I feel like it is it it, it definitely can be toxic to just have all of that coming in but at the same time it can also be toxic to cut them out without at least knowing why but then through social media it's like what type of communication are you getting especially if it's with someone you know you can have a conversation with someone that you don't even know you know what I mean? Who shares your views the, or who doesn't? Who doesn't, for example. So, yeah. for example, like, who doesn't share share your views? You know, you can write in the comment section and disagree, but how rarely is it where it's, like, you can have a full-on conversation, like, understand their viewpoint? Yeah, and, but also sometimes those people online are, um... Trolls. Yeah. <laughs> well, there's that, there's that aspect of anonymity I think on social media that allows people to really say what they're thinking Mm -hmm. which again like everything else there's a positive and there's a negative to it but at the end of the day I think social media is a tool and uh, if used the right way and if you're conscious you're a conscious user you could benefit a lot from it more than anything but if you're the type of person that's uh, not then it could be very I think detrimental to you as an intellectual person in your uh, capacity to one, um, really educate yourself about the world around you and then just being a more, I don't even want to say tolerant, but just accepting more well-rounded person, you know? Yeah, that's why I think I'm only like kind of, I guess you can say part-time on social media where it's like only sometimes in certain platforms because if it's full on, like complete, you know, everything, I feel like, I don't know, I guess I just feel like it would be... Too much? Yeah, just like too much and... 
not just that, but I feel like it's easy for you to, like how you said, it's detrimental to you. And I feel like it would be, but then also, I feel like not having any, there's also that, like, how can you not have social media, like, at all? Well, with that, this opportunity comes to an end. You drank all my coffee. I needed the energy because, honestly, after I've thought I was super tired and I worked really early and I haven't slept since Fagir. So, um, thank you for doing this. I really enjoyed it. Hopefully, everyone else is going to get to enjoy this conversation and, um, uh, as always, I'll put up some type of blog post because if there's any type of information I feel like I would like to share, whether it was about anything that we discussed or references, uh, I'll include it into um, the website and, you know, there's a comment section there. There's a comment section on all the uh, this Muslim girl social, social media, whether it's Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. So any space that you would like to comment or respond to anything that we said, please feel free. Again, thank you, Hannah, and thank you to... Um, anyone who's been tuned in this whole time i mean you're a trooper i'm surprised that you've made it this far but yeah thank you yeah no problem